And don't get me wrong, I'm busy yet, and I know things could be worse. But it's difficult sometimes, you know, I feel like I've been cursed. Set me free, let me be me, cause I feel like I'm a burst. Let me do what I can, let me feel like a man, let me satisfy this thirst. I feel empty, I feel lost, I feel like I'm paying the cost of our history. It's a mystery, tell me when will this ever stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When will this ever stop? When will this ever stop? When will this ever stop? We're now going to talk to John Hayes. John, you are director, is it, of a, a play that's coming up in the Everyman Palace? Yeah, uh, I would be the artistic director of the show. It's called uh, No Borders. Mm. So basically, it is, it's nine separate pieces, uh, basically to do with migrant solidarity. So there are six, I think it's six, I'm losing track. Yeah. <laughs> six one-act plays. Uh, there's a poetry recital, two poetry recitals, sorry, and there's a musical performance as well. Okay, and it has been done before, I was told. Yeah, we did it in Camden last year um, as a fundraiser for, it was, well, it was Cork Calais Refugee Solidarity then. It's Ireland's Ca- Calais Refugee Solidarity now. Um, yeah, it was supposed to be a small little minor thing that we're, we were hoping to make two, about 200 euro off it and I had this idea of doing it and I got a couple of writers on and I wrote some pieces and we got actors on and it was all done in six weeks and I thought it was going to be a disaster um, and it went really well. Uh, there was a huge reaction to it but I had not planned on doing it afterwards. Okay. I was going to go back to my, my normal life afterwards and then we were asked to perform it in the, the refugee camp in Calais uh, which we were supposed to do but obviously the eviction notice was put in so that, that didn't happen. And we have the Everyman on the 7th of June, and we have Smock Alley in Dublin on the 9th of July. Wow, so that's And I'm surprised I actually remember all that information there, <laughs> <laughs> so I try to keep it all in my head. Okay, and <coughs> is this also as a fundraiser now? The yeah, uh, the Everyman performance is to raise funds for ADI, Anti-Deportation Ireland, okay. um, who obviously they campaign for an anti-deportations and for an anti-direct provision, which I, I despise direct provision. I could go on an hour-long rant about it. Um, and the Smock Alley performance then is for um, Ireland Calais, Refugee Solidarity. Okay. Can I ask, how did you get involved in all this? I worked with refugees years ago uh, when I was living down in Kerry before I moved up to Cork um, for, with Truly Refugee Support Services when it was my mid-twenties. It's just always been something I've been very passionate about. And um, you know, I came up here then, did my thing, studied acting, and you know, I set up the theatre comp- uh, my older theatre company did that for a few years and the whole thing with Alan Curdy happened last year which, I, which is when I think the the refugee crisis as we know it now became yeah. the media thing yeah. that it is even though it's always been a thing it's you know, always it's, been it, a it, thing. Was, it yeah. was a thing 10 years ago when I was working with Definitely. refugees and asylum seekers mm-hmm. but people didn't really care back then uh, yeah. unfortunately uh, so I was kind of thinking is there anything I can do to, to contribute towards this but something that I could challenge myself in, in doing so. Uh, so I said, uh, and I'd given up theatre a few months before because I just got sick of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I got sick of the drama, ironically. Um, and I said, right, we'll, tr- we'll chance doing a show. So I threw the idea out there and there were uh, people were like, oh, that's an amazing idea, that's fantastic. And um, I said, right, we'll do it. So I got, oh, I can't remember if there's so many people involved. In there's two or three writers came on. Uh, I wrote... I wrote two or three pieces. I can't remember exactly how many. Doreen wrote, Doreen Manning wrote two pieces, um, a poem called Sanctuary and uh, uh, one act play called Hammer Out the Differences, which is about two African women living in direct provision. Mark Evans wrote You Have It All Backwards, which is about a Syrian woman. Uh, there was Rosie wrote the poem uh, I Am Not Here, and she performs it as well. 
and I wrote um, a piece called The Past, which is about a Bosnian couple to do with sexual violence. Um, this Island Hope. And I can't remember. Oh. I, I wrote another one as well. It'll yeah. come back to me. It'll come back yeah. to me when I'm out the door, guarantees. But yeah, so it went really well anyway. Um, and obviously there was a demand for it to come back. So I knew that we were going into the Everyman. So now we, there are new pieces gone in on top of the old ones. Oh, the other one I wrote was The, the Cage. That's what it was. It was about, <laughs> okay. it was about a guy living in a direct prison. So it came, I knew it would come back to me. Yeah. But I, I took that one out because Lucky, the guy who was performing it, has actually moved away. Yeah, I know Lucky. You know, I think everybody knows Lucky. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I was calling Lucky Denzel after the, after the performance because everybody was like, he was like Martin yeah, Luther King. Yeah. Was great. Was, yeah, he was fantastic. But So he's after moving to Dublin. To Dublin. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it was just logistically, couldn't rehearse him. And I felt that nobody could do that piece justice other than Lucky. Because it, it, it almost looked like it was a speech that Lucky was giving himself. So um, three new pieces have gone in. Three, yeah, I wrote one called Hamini, which is about two Syrian kids uh, during a bombing raid. Um, it's pretty heavy stuff, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, There's one, yeah. Th- this Island Hope has um, a, a, a recast role that was actually intended to be a more hopeful piece. And there's a piece called My Name is Zakia, which is about a Pakistani woman who has been um, the victim of gender-based acid violence. Because that's uh, that's a subject that is relatively undocumented yeah. and relatively relatively unknown, so I just wanted to put it out there. Um, yes, and and oh yeah, there's the musical performance as well. And what is the musical performance? It's called War Separates, and it's about kids in conflict. It's uh, written, produced, and performed by uh, Louise Barry, who's incredible. So is it like a play as well, or a musical? No, no, it's actually a musical performance that we're going to put in. So there'll be the six, the six or seven plays. There'll be the two poems. I'll bookend each half with a poem. So the first. The first half will open with one poem, the second act will open with another poem. Uh, I'll have the musical number in there and all the plays will go on then and divide them off between the two acts. Okay. Wow, that's quite something. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. I was thinking about it, no one getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and in, indeed, uh, since last year, the, as they call the refugee crisis, somebody said it's not a refugee <coughs> crisis, it's actually a crisis of violence and um, Intimidation and war, isn't it? And that's mm. that's the crisis, really. It's not so much the refugees; they're only doing the right yeah, things. Yeah, that, so. that, mm. that even though I suppose we all use the term refugee crisis, it is when you think about it, and it's, it's something I've often thought about. It's the refugees aren't the crisis. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's the it's what's going on um, in their homelands and all. The, I suppose all the various different circumstances that they have to flee from. Mm-hmm. Um, but w- one thing I've noticed especially in the past few months, is the amount of racism. Yeah. Is, uh, like, people I know, or thought I knew, and some of the stuff they come out with. And you'd be like, what? Do you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. And there was a, this, a lot of it is Daily Mail-style hate-mongering as well, when you get the likes. It's like, I, the Daily Mail website put something up there about. It was only, but they're constantly mm-hmm. putting stuff up. But, I mean, it's all this misinformation and this... Do you know what was the thing about the, um, the Syrian guys, the big, mostly Syrian guys coming off the boats? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, was, yeah. That, that was a picture that was about yeah, four years old. Yeah, And they just put this meme on us. It's, it's all that kind of stuff. And um, like I remember when I worked with refugees years ago, the classic was asylum seekers get carers. That's what I was pointing. They, they get carers. They, yeah, they're living in direct provision centres. They get they're living on 19 euros a week. Yeah. yeah, but they still get carers. And the women get their hair braided. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all that. And you're like, lads, you know. And it's all this se- false second-hand information that people are being told and that they believe. Yeah. And there was all. Unfortunately, I think there will always be a degree of that because some people just. And my what I wonder about is you're doing this play. It's pretty hard hitting, I'm sure. Um, other people. 
with those ideas I come and see the play just to could you change minds with them or um, is it just the people who are fighting it already anyway that's uh, uh, I don't know if it'd be very naive of me to assume that I could change those people's minds because yeah. I think a lot of those people have their minds set or maybe the ones in doubt anyway yeah, yeah. Well, well yeah hopefully I mean what I noticed with the Camden Palace performance that there was a there was a huge um, there were a huge, a huge amount of humanitarians and concerned citizens will say at, at it. Um, and that's, I think that's where the, the reaction came from a lot of the reaction and also I think it was because we all get so used to seeing the, um, the images on the news of all these various different crises that people are fleeing from uh, that we almost become desensitised to it so I think what I wanted to do with No Borders was personalise them so if you focus a story on a person who's been through some, with something and I mean like I mean, No Borders there could be numerous volumes of No Borders because mm-hmm. there's so many stories so many people so many crises uh, yeah, so it was an attempt to kind of to personalise it, and you're, even though they're fictional stories, they're still true because they happen and they have happened. Um, so yeah, it's to just to say to people, this is what they're going through, and I think it kind of confronts people with this is a person that's standing yeah. on stage for twenty minutes telling you their story, and this is what they've gone through, you yeah. know. So I think that's part of the whole why mm. the reaction was the way it was. People here uh, in the studio are saying that you're quite an inspiration, but you were a bit taken aback by that. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, it's nice to hear about it. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just doing my thing. You know, I just felt compelled to do it. Um, mm. It's something I've been very passionate about for a long time, and I just thought, well, if I can, I suppose, bring my activism and my theatre work together. Um, yeah, it's just something I feel very passionate about. It's just um, basic human empathy, I think. Yeah, you know? yeah, and as we were saying, if it's you know you don't do it to inspire people, you just do it because you feel you have to, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, mm. like uh, I have so much respect for you know refugees and asylum seekers and migrants, people who have been through things that we couldn't conceive of. Uh, I've always found them very inspiring um, because I can't conceive of. Mm. Ha- you know the things like I mean I remember when I worked in truly refugee support services people used to come in and um, you know, obviously you, you, you can't ask a person specifically what their circumstances are what they, what they you know what they fled from or what they felt the need to, to leave or what they've been through but sometimes you don't have to because sometimes you can just see something in a person's eyes that tells you as you're speaking to them that they have been through they have been through something um, so yeah it was just that um yeah, I, I, I can't quite explain it. It's just yeah, it's basic yeah. human empathy, you know. Yeah, and you have uh, so there are uh, asylum seekers themselves are involved with this as well. You have actors who are asylum. Two seekers. of the lads, uh, Deborah and Eni, who are in Hammer of the Differences. Uh, Deborah is Congolese and Eni is Nigerian. They are in they're yeah they're in that piece that Doreen wrote. Um, they've both lived in direct provision. Mm. Um, so yeah, and that that piece was so tricky for me to direct because as I've said, I despise, I absolutely, I abhor direct provision. I think it's rancid. Uh, but this piece is about the two, of the two women, one is quite pro-direct provision and the other is very anti-direct provision and I was trying to wrap my head around, how do I direct something about somebody who's pro-direct provision when I despise it? Yeah. But you have to, yeah, so it's, it's a really, really and Doreen did a fantastic job with the script. I mean, it's a really provocative, really kind of complex piece. Uh, but I had to when you're directing, I suppose if you're acting as well, you have to leave all that at the door. And, uh, and I'm really happy with the way it turned out. And the lads are absolutely... Yeah. They had never acted before. 
Outstanding. And it must be quite something for them to go back to that time where they were in the direct provision. Because I know Ini, she's been out of it for a while. Oh, you know, oh yeah, you know, everybody yeah. knows Ini as well. Everyone knows Ini yeah. as well. Ini's <laughs> yeah. uh, legend. Um, yeah, like, you, I'm sure you know Ini's own personal mm. story. Um, like, it, it must be very tricky, but it must be very surreal for them. Yeah drawing on their own experiences to put these things across on stage, you know. Um, but weirdly, we didn't have any major conversations after the show about how did you feel about it. Um, they just committed to it and they threw themselves into it and they're there for the rehearsals and we all get on. I mean, everybody in the show, and I mean, there's about, oh, there must be about 20 people involved in the show. Okay. And so I'm, I'd be working with a lot of them because I'm directing, I think I'm directing six of the plays, excuse me, uh, and everybody gets on. So it's it's just that sense of solidarity. So it sounds very corny. There's a sense know, that you're doing something that you're doing something mm-hmm. special, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. And I think also I think there might be a couple of people involved in the show who maybe may not have been hugely aware of these issues before, who have no more knowledge of these issues as a result of working on the show. You know. Because I've noticed that as well, strangely enough, a lot of people don't even realise that direct provision exists, even though you see it everywhere. I can't, but it is true. There's yeah. a lot of people who don't know. I tell you, it's I. Even in the past few weeks, I've said it a couple of times about direct provision. You could personally look at you like, "What's direct provision?" And you're kind of, and you're then person just, "I don't know what direct provision is." You know, and they just don't know. But that's, in my opinion, that's what the government wants. The government wants to lock asylum seekers away, take their rights away from them, and that's what they're doing. And sure, if a person's locked away and put away, how can people know that they're there in the first place? Do you know what I mean? That's that, that, that's the way I see it. And them. they keep them well out of the mm. way as well. Oh yeah, and they? I mean all the all the centres, the, the centres, and the, 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 I think the gas thing is when they call it a system, a system, a system used for us as something that works or that respects people. I mean, direct provision is not a system. Mm. Do you know? It's a, a gross violation of people's it's a human detention rights. Detention system. Yeah, actually. that's basically what mm. it is. Um, yeah, I yeah I could. That could be a whole other show where I'd be ranting for the two hours about direct provision. I just think it's horrible, yeah. um, and that anybody should have to. I mean, like women giving birth to their children in the in the centres and the kids spending the first few years of their lives in the centres and what it must do to a person like mentally and and stuff like that. Um, and again, I can't even conceive of it because I've never lived like that. Um, so yeah, it's just it's outrageous and. Here's the thing. We had something like this in this country years ago with the Magdalene Laundries when there was something going on and it was sanctioned and people looked at it and they turned a blind eye to it and it all happened. And the thing is, it's all happening again yeah, with direct that well. And that's what I like yeah. in them too. And in years to come, the Irish, the Irish people or the Irish government, they'll hang up their heads in shame. And they will be apologising in the doll and they get an applause by everyone standing mm-hmm. around. Absolutely. And uh, you know, they'll feel good about themselves then while actually they should be acting, I think, now. And, uh, yeah, the Irish government is also being questioned now, isn't it, by the United Nations today on their human rights mm. issues. So we'll see what that comes up with. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very big issue. And also, why do you think it is just now that there's a lot more um, attention going? Because, as you say, refugee, refugees have been there for years and they've always come from very difficult circumstances and certain, certainly the last year is because of Syria, I guess. Um, it, I honestly think that the key, to, the key to it in terms of why it is the way it is in terms of the media and attention now is, the, is Alan Kurdi. Uh, it's the picture. I think the world... The one picture of the little the, boy on the beach. That was the day that... Mm. Well, it, the world... Again, I was aware of these things for years, but I think to, we'll say to the general public, that's yeah, yeah. what's... 
that picture I like and so, do you know that um, very famous image of the Vietnam War of the kid running down the road that's this generation's equivalent of that that's what changed things and that's what made people wake up and say right look but here's the question I'd like to pose why did it take so long because yeah. I worked like I said when I was working back uh, with Trasnet years ago 10 years ago or whatever it was and people wanted to lock refugees away and they didn't care and it took 10 years for people to care and why is that and if what if, what if people forget again forget because of you know because there was a sudden wave of shock and outrage and empathy af- after the picture but Th- things like that wear off. So if it wears off in people, will people forget again? And will well, we be right back to square one again? It's already a little bit wearing off because I was talking to a woman who was packing the clothes and all that. You know, that there was this big surge of help coming mm-hmm. from people, clothes that actually they didn't always need. But she was there packing them and putting them in boxes. And she said once the interviews were done and the people had been on the television at their pictures taken in the in the newspaper yeah. there was nobody left to come and do it so she was herself and somebody else was doing massive amount of work so i think you know once a novelty wears off that's it isn't it uh, unfortunately yeah, well, I mean, it's like, uh, it's all well and good sitting in front of the news and thinking jesus that's terrible and getting mm-hmm. all concerned and then switching off the tv and forgetting about it and going back to your your, your own comfy life where you don't have to think about these things People just need to, they just need to think about other people. And as corny as that sounds, that's what they need to do. They need to think about these situations and these people and put themselves themselves into their shoes and ask themselves, how would it feel for me? Because anybody can be a refugee. We could be refugees tomorrow. And it just, do you know what I mean? It's, it just takes one massive upset in a country and... That's all it takes. Um, if a certain person gets elected in uh, across the Atlantic, yeah, yeah. <laughs> God knows what might happen then, because uh, the rhetoric that isn't too nice, is it? Lunatic over in the States, like, yeah, it's psycho, yeah. you know? Um, so, yeah, it's it's yeah. just... People need to... If they keep... If they just keep these people in their minds and just... They mm. need to act. Yeah. Because if you're concerned, you're surely going to act if you're concerned. Mm. Because if you're not acting, then you're not really concerned. That's, right. That's my own opinion. Anyway. No, you're absolutely right. And so let's just go to the practical sides now. It is on. When is it on in the Every Man Place? Uh, it is on the. I'm having an awful time trying, trying to remember 7th the dates. Seventh of, uh, <laughs> of June in the Every Man, and it, the tickets are 18 euro full price, 15 um, concession, and there was yeah. questions and answer session after because we did that with the with the the, the first performance and it went really really well because I think it's people wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Uh, then on the 9th of July, then we had Smock Alley in Dublin. And okay. that'll be a question and answer session and the tickets are the same price for that as well. Okay, and is that question and answer with the people in who were in the plays? Or? Yeah, it'll, yeah. Be, it'll be it'll be myself, the other directors, the other writers and the cast members. And I hope I'm not forgetting anybody <laughs> because <laughs> okay. there's so many people in the show. Yeah, I know, yeah that's it, I think. Um, so, and yeah. Okay, well, it's fantastic, and I hope you get good results with that. And if anyone is listening who still has doubts about all this, maybe it's uh, an idea to go and watch, to go and watch a play in uh, the Everyman Palace. I'll definitely be there anyway, and ask a few questions. If you have the questions, you should ask them and get and be ready for the answers. Well, you d- definitely get answers anyway. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's great. Thank you very much for coming, and, well, I, and I wish you all the success and a lot of success to all the people there who Cheers. are taking part. Thanks, in it. Have you got any plans for afterwards? Yet thinking of anything? Uh, Maybe um, you'll go on tour in Europe. Uh, well, like uh, there's there's a huge demand for it. I mean, I was originally going to what what I was going to do was I was supposed to be applying for a human rights law in UCC before all of this happened, and I knew 
win the show weekend. I think that it was. <laughs> That's yeah, I'm not going to be able to do both. So yeah, we have a couple of performances and all. We'll look, we'll see what happens after that. Okay. Then. So this was John Hayes. Thank you very much, John, not for, for calling. It's Cheers. very, very interesting.